Welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and again, we're so glad that you're with us here on the Scattered Abroad Network. We're grateful to have this opportunity to discuss more, you know, I guess race relations, you know, community relations, whatever it might be, but I have with me again Josh Cantrell. Josh, good to have you back on the program. Thank you. Good to be here today. See, I said I'd call you Cantrell, and i just call you Josh. Okay. Will you forgive me? Um, well, Cantrell, we are talking today about striving together. And this this really comes from the verse of Philippians 1 and verse 27, which talks about, let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now, striving means to contend, but we're also thinking about Jude chapter 3, Jude 1 verse 3, so what's the difference between striving and contending? When we stop and think about it, what, what's, you know, we talk about striving and fighting, essentially. How do we differentiate the two? Right. I think striving, for me anyway, carries more the idea of, I guess I'm just kind of looking at it from a biblical perspective. Striving is doing that which pleases God. Yeah. I am going to strive my hardest to live more like God and less like myself. And I think contending, for me, kind of carries that idea of, no matter what you say, I'm going to do what I want to do. And very often when we do that, well, all the time we do that, it leads us to more problems than anything else. Mm-hmm. So we stop and ask the question then, does the world do more of striving or contending? And when we say contend for the faith, we're talking about being offensive for the truth, aggressive. You know, we do fight for what's right. But... What do we do then? How do we know what the difference is? How do we know when when we stop and ask the question, are we doing what's right? Are we fighting for what's right? Because we we talked about in the last episode that a lot of us are right, but we're wrong in how we handle it. And then we come back and say, well, I'm, I'm striving. I'm contending for what's right. I'm fighting for what's right. And we might remember the apostles in Jesus's arrest. Peter picks up a sword and he cuts off Malchus's ear, and he's probably not aiming for his ear. You know, he's probably just got really terrible aim. He's a fisherman, not a fighter. And Jesus gets up and says, put the sword away. But some people have then said, well, Jesus was against, you know, violence in any way, shape, or form. We did talk about that he used a whip, you know, at one occasion. And we did say, um, you know, that Jesus knew the difference between using a whip and not using a whip, and when that part was. But he also told the disciples at one time, you know, Lord, we have two swords. He says, that's enough. Correct. So, it, you know, how do we know the difference? How do we know when it's time to fight and when it's time to be, you know, to be silent and to, to kind of give up? I remember a few years ago now. Or yield now, would probably be the better word. Right. I remember a few years ago after worship services, a couple from the congregation with children, they were asking me, you know, like, hey, Brother Josh, are you going to go down and go to the march with us? And I was like, what march? Mm-hmm. They were going downtown to, you know, march for injustice and protest and this, that, and the other. And I asked them a simple question. Are you all willing to go that hard for Christ like you are for something you believe in? Mm-hmm. Now, again, I'm not saying what you believe in is so wrong. But as Christians, sometimes we go we, we, we go so hard for um, fraternities and sororities and those things we enjoy doing. But at the same time, when the gospel meeting is here or when it's time to go for a door knocking or a fellowship day, we don't have time for those things. And my thing is church is the reason why I can't do all the other stuff. 
Yeah. Not, you know, not the other way around. Yeah. I guess the hard part, too, is we've got our priorities more on the physical and those mindsets and those moments than we do on the eternal. We're not stopping to consider that this world is not our home. It's it's not where we're going to be forever. And so we try to find a, a you know, striving for what's right. Yes, you fight for what's right. You know, I, I think about all the movies and, and stories that have been told throughout the years, like King Arthur and his knights. They fight for what's right. That's not really any different from anything else, but there's a clear enemy. There's a clear villain. And there was only one way to really settle a difference back then. Yeah. It was with a sword. It was with an arrow, a spear, or whatever it might be. Today, if we're going to strive together, then that means that when we need to pick someone up when they're down, we tell them, hey, let's do this. Come on, we can do it. We press toward the mark. We can make it. We can make it. When we need to contend, we contend. You know, Jude also talks about you save some with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Sometimes both of us have said to the other, man, you better get your life right. right. What's wrong with you? Come on, you know better than this. What are you doing? And we, we check ourselves in those moments. That's really what we're talking about. Striving together is reminding people do you remember what the goal is? Do you remember what we're doing? That's such a hard thing to do because a lot of people don't want to be confronted with truth or what, what it is they're doing wrong. I know for me, it's a very short list of people I want to hear the truth from. Um, and it's, you know, when I'm doing something, whether it's right or wrong, like you, you'll tell me whether I, I mean, whether I care or not. Yeah. You know, you're going to tell me you're going to be how it is. And a lot of people aren't okay with that. Um, and the only way for you to improve, the only way for you to get better is for someone to help you. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And it's hard. It you know, is, one is. of the hardest things in life is to hear, you need to change. Right. You've got to do something different. Now, when we talk about striving, how do we strive properly? How do we, you know, step back and say, okay, this is how we do want to strive. There's, there's a way to strive improperly. You know, I can strive and be basically the mindset of I just got to win every debate that I'm invited to. How do I do it properly? That's right. Again, it goes back for me. It goes back to always the word of God, because you can have a situation where you think you're handling it correctly, but you're actually handling it wrong. It goes back to yeah. the point you were making about, you know, it's not so much about what we say sometimes about how we say it, how we approach the situation. So when we're talking about, you know, striving properly. I think it's kind of us kind of taking a step back and saying, okay, how can I make sure this situation or whatever it is, is pleasing to my God? Because at the end of the day, it's not about us. Yeah. I think sometimes, again, we, we, we so often want the attention to be on us, to be on us preachers or members. And it's not about us. We're not converting people to us. We're converting them to Christ. Yeah. And so when we're striving, when we're evangelizing, when we're trying to get people in a right relationship with God, James 5, those who have gone away, now they're trying to come back. We have to remind and show those people Jesus. And yeah. Striving is like, hey, you have to fall in love with God again. You have to re be, be reminded of, of why you were converted to begin with anyway. And that's, I mean, Cantrell, that is what makes it so difficult because I, I've made the statement before. I remember the day that I became a Christian. I remember what I was feeling, what I was experiencing. I remember my dad was preaching, and I kept thinking, "Give the invitation, come on, give the invitation. I want to go. I want to go. Let's go. Let's get this done." And then I remember that I was baptized, and that afternoon I got sick, and I couldn't make it to the services in the evening. And I was so distraught, you know, new Christian. Oh, 
They're going to think I'm forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So I begged my dad as he was walking out the door, let them know I'm not forsaking. You know, I'm so scared that they're going to think, well, as luck would have it on Monday, I got an ear infection. Had to miss Wednesday too. And so I was sitting there thinking, you know, at 11 years old, new Christian, fire on fire for God, wanting to do what's right, thinking, am I ever going to get to go back to church? But I was so on fire that it bothered me that I missed. But I think we could both admit, as well as our listeners could probably admit too, there have been some Sunday mornings where I've woken up and thought, I don't want to go. Yeah. There have been some Wednesday afternoons where it's like, I'm tired. Yeah. When I was in local work, I stayed at the church building from the time that I got there, essentially. Maybe I left for lunch. But I was almost always there from the time I got there around 8.30 or 9 in the morning until 8.30 or 9 at night. And, you know, those those Wednesdays were hard 12-hour days sometimes. And you can stop for a moment and think, especially if you've got another opportunity, like, well, there was a 2.30 class. So I'll go to the 2.30 class and I'll stop going to the 7 p.m. Well, the 2.30 class is there for those that can't drive at night. I can drive at night. I don't have a problem with that. It's not really for me. There have been some times where I have utilized a 2.30 class where, you know, I had to teach and then I needed to get on the road to come here to Pulaski. But most of the times it, it's a hard struggle to sit there and say, I want to get up when I'm tired, but it's in those moments that I have to remember what I'm striving for. You know, the the boxer who fights, he trains for six to eight months for a one-night event. Man, 12 rounds. 12 rounds, six to eight months. He trains every day, every morning, every evening. He is involved in doing all of this so that he can get in shape for one fight. And you know what's so sad about that? Somebody's got to lose. That's right. You know, they may have a draw, but somebody usually has got to lose. And you, you watch that fight, and you don't think about it from this perspective. But we're running a race, and yet the blessing is that we're not going to lose if we are faithful and run. You know, if you could tell any boxer, hey, man, if you'll fight, uh, you'll win every fight if you just exercise for six months. Most boxers would say, okay. And then they go and they would exercise and do all that. And if I could guarantee that you would never lose a fight if you trained just for six months. If I told you, hey man, if you were just faithful to go to the gym and lift some weights, you could win. Most people would say, all right, I'll do that. Yeah, sign me up. That's what Christ said to us. If you will just follow me, the most simplest request in all of the world, follow me, you will have a guaranteed victory. And people forget what they're striving for. That's right. It reminds me in Ephesians chapter 5 when Paul was writing to the churches at Ephesus there. He uses a phrase, ye did run well. You did, but what did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And you, and you triggered a thought in my mind. That's, that's, that's how Christianity is like boxing for only one difference. There's no bail yeah. between each round. It's just a yeah. constant battle, constant fight the entire way. But luckily for us, Ephesians chapter 6. God gives us something to fight back with. Yeah. Verse 17, the word of God. And a lot of times we're fighting the enemy with the wrong equipment or fighting him the wrong way, which is causing us to lose most of the battles too. Right. So. Well, and as we close with this last question, you know, the the obvious question would be this. We mentioned boxers aren't guaranteed to win just because they train. We mentioned that boxers are not one of those that just because I fight means I'm going to win every fight. So does striving guarantee that we never stumble? You know, it would be great if, if that was the case, but we know in life things happen, things yeah. get difficult, and, um, and striving, yes, we will stumble, but again, we also got to be willing to get back up. 
Well, then we mentioned on the first episode of our joint podcast this year, Galatians chapter 6, and those that are overtaken in a fault. You who are spiritual, you restore such a one with a spirit of meekness and fear. Well, okay, serious question. Who are we talking about that's been overtaken in a fault? We're not talking about the world. We're not talking about people who are already lost. We're talking about the saved, these individuals that are pushing forward. And again, I, I say this anytime I'm at a verse that just makes the most sense to talk about it. I thought we were once saved, always saved. Mm. I thought we never had to worry about our salvation in any way, shape, or form. Why did Paul tell Galatia in Galatians 5 and verse 4, you've fallen from grace. You are estranged Why from Christ. Not? You are gone. Why did he tell them, you think you're Abraham's children? Oh, you know who you really are? You're Hagar's babies. You're not You're not Abraham's children here. You belong to Hagar because you are not free. You have bound yourself to a law that does not make anyone free. And we find in Galatians 6, he says, if someone is involved in a fault, you go and restore them and you bear their burdens with them as best as you can. Striving together doesn't mean we'll never stumble. Striving never means, you know, just because I strive and I push for something means that I'm guaranteed to get it. You have any final comments you want to make before we close out? Again, you know, going back to the uh, the original question, what is the difference between striving and contending? Again, we just kind of highlighted the differences uh, between those two. And as Christians, again, we just have to keep in the forefront of our minds that we're striving to win souls for Christ, and we're not just contending for the benefit of us trying to make ourselves look good or trying to show people how much we know about the Bible because it's not about us. Yes, sir. Well, Cantrell, thanks for being on this episode again today. And uh, we look forward to next week where we talk about suffering together. And I will uh, just hope and pray that this has been a blessing to people. I know it's been a blessing to me. And, uh, you know, God bless all of you. And don't forget, let's please God now so our eternity is far better. What's up, guys? It's Caleb and Michael over here from the Scattered Abroad Network, and we just wanted to say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Yeah, we're so thankful to the East Hill Church of Christ for overseeing this network, and we're grateful to God for this opportunity. And don't forget, you can check out our show notes below for all of our social media links, email address, website, and we have a monthly newsletter, so don't forget to sign up for that. Please remember to leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform it is that you use, And please continue to keep our network in your prayers. As always, thank you again so much for listening. Be ready tomorrow. We have brand new content coming out here on the SAN. Thanks so much, and God bless.